Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Miss April Ryan, White House correspondent, author, and DC Bureau Chief for the GRIO. Now she has a new book. Her latest book is Black Women Will Save the World, an anthem. Well, I gotta say this, a black woman saved mine for sure. All right, April, it's a pleasure. Thank you for being on the show, how are you? Dr. Richie, thank you for having me. I'm excited about being here. Let's talk about, (laughs) listen, absolutely. Let's talk about first your trajectory. You've been working in this position in a variable sense for about 25 years. You've had some really iconic moments where you were willing obviously to challenge power. And I always have significant respect for people who are willing to challenge power. How has that shaped not only your career in journalism, but where did it come from? Well, first of all, you have to remember as a member of the press, and if we look at the Constitution, if we look at what the founding fathers put in place, if we look at the amendments, particularly the First Amendment, freedom of the press is not second or third. Freedom of the press is very important. The independent press is there to ask questions of the president and his principles. And at issue is questions that range from water peace and everything in between. And I ask questions from water peace and everything in between. It's important that we ask, especially as life and death is written and spoken from that space. So my issue was, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I asked questions because I was supposed to do it for my job. And after a while, you know, it, it, it in the last administration, um, it became a challenge and I had to really figure out, is this what I wanted to do? But I also looked at, I took the emotion out of it and looked at it for what it was. I did nothing wrong. So, um, and if I walked away from it, um, <laughs> I would negate everything my late mother and father did for me. Mm. Out of a city called Baltimore, where failure is built into the very existence of the residents here. That's where it comes from. That's your catalyst, your your power. And, and HBCU graduate and just being from real working class folks, understanding the stakes are high. I graduated from Clark Atlanta University HBCU here yes. in Atlanta. And so I understand the experience and it does fortify you because there's this cultural dynamic that says you simply have to fight on no matter what. No matter what, no matter yeah. what. We've been through too much and and in We've been through too much just by the sake of being HBCU graduates ourselves. Many of our institutions were born out of slavery. That's right. Slave masters feeling it was their Christian duty to help us learn to read the Bible at a time we weren't supposed to read. So there's so much to this thing called life for black people. And when I asked questions, I understood that. And unfortunately, in some instances, it was met with fierce opposition. If you will. Yeah, I love the title. Black Women Will Save the World, an anthem. Tell us about this book. An anthem means we're saying it over and over again. And black women, I mean, just look at what Trevor Noah just said. Yeah. Black women, when he finished his 
time on The Daily Show. He saluted black women, not just because, but because they are undergirding him, undergirding this society, undergirding every community, every walk of life. And I mean, if you think about it, the face of the fight for voting rights, black women, they were the ones really going to jail at the very beginning of this last movement. Core Masters Barry, the head of the Congressional Black Caucus, Joyce Beatty, also Melanie Campbell from Atlanta, who is with the Black Women's Roundtable, Tamika Mallory, so many others. Then when you look at an organization called the Black Panther Party that was vilified back in the day and now celebrated. The visuals for many would think that it was men. And we saw a lot of men holding guns, but guess what? The Black Panther Party that promoted trying to find cures for sickle cell, um, that dealt with uh, free lunches uh, and well, free breakfast for our kids before they went to school in the morning, which the government is now funding. Uh, and also health clinics, with the, which the government is now funding, was 70% women. The Black Panther Party was undergirded by the power of women. Women who said, I'm doing this because I want to lift my community. I love my community. It was done out of love. And Dr. Richie, you know, in the book, I talked to Cornell Belcher, dear friend who is a Democratic pollster for Brilliant Corners. And he said, you know, when women serve, particularly in politics, it's about uplifting and love for the community versus our male counterparts. Unfortunately, it's about power and ego. If you will, I mean, that's sometimes it's hard to say, but you know, listen. Uh, you are 100% correct. Uh, and I think it's in the way we are positioned um, as uh, warriors or fighters or whatever it may be. Uh, we sometimes will affix ourselves to a frame that they created. Uh, but you're uh, spot on about the various movements have always had this um, strength uh, from black women. Now yeah. I wanna go to a dynamic and pose it to you and and ask your feelings about it. We cover a lot of stories obviously on Indisputable about social dysfunction, racism, policy dynamics, things that adversely impact society. Well, black women are the most underprotected demographic in the United States, period, all right? So when you have an emphasis like this, what happens? People that feel as if they were entitled to special treatment or they should have had a book written about them, they will start to come out against you. Why was it important to write this kind of book now? You know, I haven't really had anyone come out against me because this mm. book is not about attacking. It's about my love letter to America about the strength of black women. I'm writing um, a book about what I see in the mirror. I'm showing up as a black woman and I'm writing about black women. And it's a love letter to America about our strength and how we stand and why we had to stand. We as a black community, particularly with with the population um, consisting of 52% of black women in the black community, we welcome everyone. We celebrate everyone, Dr. Richie. Yes. We bring everyone in, but when it's time for us to celebrate ourselves, we don't do it because we don't do it because we put ourselves last, because we bring everyone and we celebrate everyone. 
And now in, in the midst of this moment, as we see a rise, as we see black women now convening the table, not just bringing a folding chair that's always perpetually on our back, but now convening the table and sitting people at that table. It is now time for us to celebrate the women in the schoolhouse, the women in our house, the women in the church house, the women in the Supreme Court, the black woman that's in the Supreme Court, okay? Yeah. Um, one of the nine, the black woman, the woman who identifies as a black woman in the White House as the Vice President of the United States, the black woman who is the mouthpiece for the President of the United States, Corrine Jean-Pierre. We celebrate all black women because being black and being a woman in America, like Shirley Chisholm said, is a double whammy. Mm. But in this moment, we still celebrate. And then as we pause to celebrate, we're gonna celebrate other people too, but it's time to celebrate. But in this moment, if we don't celebrate, we lose the momentum. So well said, my daughter is a big fan of yours. Oh. And oh goodness, and you have been able to do something quite unique and I think trailblazing. You are able, without effort I believe, I think it's natural for you. You are able to be authentically everything you are. You are authentically a black woman, you are authentically a journalist, you are authentically not afraid. You are all of this in one package. And I think we do ourselves a disservice when we start to negate the reality of our experiences, exposures and environments. When we try to dismiss them in order to become something or someone else in another context. You have not done that. Tell me how that has made a unique pathway for you. Um, I can't show up in any other way. I come from a large family of agrarians, working class. And I'm telling you, my parents have gone on to glory. But I tell you, they would come out of glory and their rest if I showed up any differently. (laughs) And my parents always told me to be humble and service is everything. I come from that kind of family. But one thing for sure, I show up the way I do because I want black women and black people to be seen. And this book makes black women sing and I love it. community as well. I love it. Black women will save the world and anthem. Make sure you get it. I'm getting my copy today, my dear sister. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Dr. Richie. Thank you. Thank you.